I'm Dr. Amalia Ganyas-Malka. Welcome to Womanity, Woman in Unity, the show that celebrates prominent and ordinary African women's milestone achievements in their struggles for liberation, self-emancipation, human rights, democracy, racism, socioeconomic class division, and gender-based violence. Joining us today for our special insert on International Women's Day is South Africa's Ambassador to Switzerland, Sanki Mtembi Mahanyele. Welcome to the show, Ambassador. Thank you very much for inviting me to your show. Ambassador, International Women's Day is celebrated annually on the 8th of March in many countries around the world. And the intention is about celebrating the achievements and the progress that women have made. As I was reflecting on this event, I noticed that the United Nations began commemorating International Women's Day 47 years ago in 1977. There have been earlier observations dating back to circa 1909. Looking at the progress that has been made towards gender equality, we have had the Women's Bill of Rights through the adoption of the Convention on Elimination of All Forms of Discrimination Against Women. We've had the Declaration on the Elimination of Violence Against Women. We've had the Beijing Declaration and Platform for Action, which was a defining framework outlining objectives and actions which consisted under 12 critical areas that would help advance women's rights. Ambassador, in your view, what is significant about International Women's Day? The significance of of Women's Day to everybody in the world, to all the nations that are alert to the issue of women, is that it is that moment when we are raising awareness to issues of women's discrimination and all of those issues in society that impact negatively to women. It's also a moment where we celebrate the achievements of women, like you are saying, when the issue came up in in 1908 or 1909, people were looking at specific issues that were impacting negatively against women issues of labor, issues of the war, issues of equality, issues of discrimination. So there has been a buildup to what we have today, and that history is very important. More important in 2022 because one of the issues that the the, the women's platform raised uh, during the First World War and the Second World War was the issue of peace. And currently, we're celebrating March 2022 under the shade of a war where vulnerable groups are going to be heavily negatively impacted upon. And one of those groups are women and children. So this March 8th is very significant because it also raises an alarm to the fact that conflict in the world hits the most vulnerable, particularly women. You're 100% right. Whenever there are issues that impact on vulnerable members of society, it does impact on women. And it shows that the divisions of society and inequalities. With this year's theme concerning sustainability, I I have to, to mention aspects of goal number five for the United Nations 17 Integrated Sustainable Development Goals. And goal five is achieve gender equality and empower all girls. And the mere fact that we have this goal reminds us that 50% of the population still experience inequality, 
we still have discrimination against women. There's still violence against women. Women are still subjected to harmful practices like forced marriage. How do you think we can increase the pace of progress towards global gender equality? There are lots of things that uh, nations can do, governments can do, legislatures can do, society can do, non-governmental organizations can do, families can do, individuals can do. We have to ensure that there is a, a legislative framework that addresses the issue of discrimination against women and seeks for gender equality in society. We've got to make sure that there are monitoring and evaluating instruments within government, which are formal instruments that can be used to monitor whether governments are implementing legislation towards gender equality. One is thinking particularly here about South Africa. We've got legislation that has been passed to promote gender equality. So in order for us to be able to make sure that the law is there, it is being implemented. We also need to look at its impact on women. Is it it improving their lives? Is it uh, putting them closer to access of services? Is it assisting them to get into the economic mainstream? So we need those tools to be able to monitor progress around the issue. Our government, like other governments in the world, have created and established the Ministry of Women's Issues. And we have ours located in the president's office, which shows the seriousness and the importance of the issue of gender equality. We also have to make sure that women are supported, women that are out there in the working place, in the fields, in society are supported so that they are able to achieve their potential to the maximum. Women go out there and work because that's one area where there's been advanced improvement to get women into the, into, into the labor force. But whilst they are out there, there are other issues that tend to minimize their contribution because their focus is also concentrated on household needs. They've got to continue to take care of children. They've got to make sure that the household is run efficiently. And surprisingly, when assessment is being made, women tend to be judged on a higher yardstick than men, despite the fact that they're carrying a double, double task in their hands. So those are the kind of things that we, we need to look at. But there are also issues like um, looking at the mentor-mentee system where successful women in, in society, be they in politics, be they in ordinary organizations, be they in government, can mentor the younger girl child in order for them to give them a level of motivation and desire to aspire for the highest goals in society. But we also have to make sure that as society, we look at those issues that tend to detract the girl child from achieving their goals. And those issues, the ones that you have mentioned, issues of early pregnancies, issues of a girl's attention being diverted by the sugar daddy syndrome, the issue of early marriages, the issue of pulling out the girl child from school because she has to come home and learn about taking care of the household because she's prepared for a marriage. All of those things need to be attended to urgently. In society, particularly our continent, 
which is a continent that has got a high population of young people. And this is the future of the continent. We've just managed to achieve one of the greatest goals in terms of the economic ambition of trying to make sure that as a continent, we do organize ourselves in an integrated manner. The African Continental Free Trade Agreement is opening up opportunities of the economic nature, infrastructure, telecommunication, you, you, you can name it. In order to do that, we need all of our youth and amongst that youth, you've got the girl child. So there's no way we're going to achieve all of this without having the girl child. International institutions, the UN, General Assembly, the Security Council, and everybody else is trying to integrate the world and get us to a harmonious space. In order to do that, you need the participation of women. Well said, Ambassador. And what I really appreciate about the things that you've said is that they're all practical. There's nothing that cannot be achieved if we apply our minds. And importantly, one of the things that you spoke about was the issue of monitoring and evaluation. We know that things that get measured get done. Yeah. Ambassador, as this day is about celebrating women's achievements, please can you select a couple of women that you'd like to celebrate today for some of the achievements that they've made and contributions towards gender equality for women? Thank you for that question because we need role models. We need people we can look up to that would aspire us to reach certain goals and dreams that we have. Excuse me for this. One feels comfortable talking about people one has known and worked with. And what comes to mind is one of the most prominent uh, leaders of our struggle, Mary Ruth Mompati, who took us in when we came into exile very young and nurtured us to understanding our role in society, to understanding the expectations that are placed upon us as a younger generation, but also to understand that in order to achieve those goals, we've got to secure ourselves, know what it is that will lead us to higher goals and know what it is that will actually take us back, uh, set us back uh, in achieving our objectives. Last year, we celebrated Charlotte Mateke, 100 years of her birth. And the importance of that celebration is also to understand that there has been women before us. There have been those who paved the way for us. She was the first Black woman to get a, a BSc at the university, Wilberforce in the United States. She came back and utilized that knowledge to uh, achieve some of the objectives that were part and parcel of the agenda of liberation. She got into the education sector. She got into the campaign and mobilizing sector, mobilizing the youth and women. She got involved in empowering women in the liberation movement in the African National Congress. She got involved in supporting uh, NGOs in society. So she has played that very prominent role that we begin to to highlight and, and admire to this day. You think of women like Meg Gertrude Chopin, very quiet, working very quietly, not a public person, but she's done a lot 
in nurturing the women who left home early in the struggle in the 1970s to help to get them focused, to help them to get skills, to help them develop to a level at which they can contribute and share with society all those gains. In the same light of the late uh, Mayor Florence Moposho, who did the same for the contingent of women in exile, you think of uh, women like very quiet and not uh, highly recognized, but they've done a lot of work and represented women in the military structure. And that is um, Jeki Mudise, who was also occupying a very prominent role in our current democratic military structure. So you've got all of those women who laid the foundation and paved the way for us, but there are many more others. We're beginning to have uh, CEOs in listed companies in the stock exchange. They all need support and we're proud of them. Thank you for sharing that cross spectrum of women who have impacted on society and really helped to advance the movement towards gender equality. Lastly, as we close out our conversation today, please can you use this platform to share a a message for women on International Women's Day? The struggle for women's liberation and emancipation from all those quarters of oppression continues. It will have to continue for a very long time. We're in an environment of patriarchy, which uh, manifests itself in various forms. We've got to begin to take up the opportunity of having those instruments that remind society that women are equal to men because they're human beings. And fighting for equality for women is also fighting for human rights uh, principles. We need to continue to do that. On all platforms that are occupied, both men and women should remember to support the work of women at all levels in society. We're breaking the ceiling. We've got to make it crack and collapse. We've got to remember as well that the struggle for women's liberation and the struggle for gender equality also is part and parcel of the class struggle in society. Women occupy all aspects of life and activities in society. It's also part of class struggle. So there are also ideological issues that come into play. There are women on the labor front in the the factory floor, women in politics, women in the economy. And we've got to understand that exclusion of women is also an economic issue. So it carries and spreads across all aspects of society. The struggle continued. At some stage, it was about bread and peace at some stage in the 1900s. But we're also continuing to say it's about bread, peace, and women's enhancement in society and empowerment. Great message. Thank you very much, Ambassador. As always, a pleasure hosting you on the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for the opportunity. Happy Women's Day, Ambassador. Happy Women's Day to you and the women of the world. That was South Africa's ambassador to Switzerland, Sanki Ntembi Mahaniele. Hi, I'm Zonke Digana, a South African Afro-Soul musician, songwriter and producer. You are listening to Womanity, Women in Unity on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. 
Joining us next in our special series for International Women's Day 2022 is Miss SA 2021, Lalela Mswane, who was also crowned second runner-up for Miss Universe 2021. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Dr. Amelia. Thank you. The theme for you and Women's International Women's Day 2022 is Gender Equality Today for a Sustainable Tomorrow. And in part of the way that they'd unpacked this theme, they recognized the contribution of women and girls around the world who are leading the change for climate change adaptation, mitigation and response in order to build a more sustainable future for everyone. We have annual global events like International Women's Day, uh, 16 days of activism against gender-based violence, and more locally, National Awareness Days, like Women's Day in South Africa. How effective do you think these campaigns are to drive change in a positive direction for women? I definitely think they're imperative in driving change, positive change um, for women. Doc, just to add on what you said, Actually, with Miss Universe last year, the focus was sustainability in fashion. And it's quite amazing how events and campaigns such as what you just mentioned and Miss Universe make you super aware after, post the fact, post the event, post the campaign of, you know, what it is you're actually trying to, what change you're trying to drive. I mean, it's little acts now that I think of, you know, of how I'm being of impact even today in the little things that I do daily purely because that was a theme at Miss Universe. You know, now that's been stuck with me and not only with me, but those around me because I'm forever tuning people and because everybody knows that that was a theme. And even, it's so funny, um, at the mall, for instance, I'll say, oh, that's a cute dress or whatever. And people around me are like, yeah, fast fashion or sustainability, remember, do you need it? So it's, it is very, very impactful, I think. I know so, definitely it is. <laughs> Staying on this theme of your Miss Universe experience, you had the opportunity to interact with young women from across the world. Gender equality is unfortunately a worldwide reality. In relation yes. to this year's theme for International Women's Day, how do you think we can reduce gender equality to build a more sustainable future? And, and I know it's a bit like saying, here's a crystal ball. <laughs> It's deep-rooted um, ideas like uh, gender stereotypes and gender roles that I think we're struggling with. Um, just reversing those ideas, which I know seems, I'm just saying this and it all sounds, you know, very easy, but these are very complex issues. But I don't, I do really think they are the root cause of so many of these gender inequalities that we see, such as the gender pay gap, you know, that's still so existent. You know, women are being paid much less by virtue of being women. And that's super, super unfortunate. And it's funny because of Miss Universe, so many of the ladies shared stories of, because I, I am a woman, they said I couldn't, dot, dot, dot. You know, so many things purely because you're a woman. And there they were, living, living testimonies of just how powerful we are, the strength we possess, the ability, the capability that we possess. So... Definitely um, gender stereotypes and roles. And lastly, in celebration of International Women's Day, can you share a message for girls and women that are listening to the show today? I think we need to take our power back as women. We 
definitely need to stop waiting for opportunities to be handed to us, but instead um, create our own tables, not to wait for seats to be allocated to us. And always just know that we've honestly had everything within us to achieve anything we've ever, ever wanted in life. Thank you for that wonderful message. It's been a pleasure to host you on the show and happy International Women's Day. Thank you, Doc Livewise. That was Miss SA 2021, Lalela Mswane. Hi, this is Lira, South African Afro soul singer and songwriter. You're listening to Womanity, Women in Unity, presented by Dr. Amelia Malka on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance, a program that celebrates prominent and ordinary African women's milestone achievements in their struggle for liberation, self-emancipation, human rights, and democracy. Joining us next in our special series for International Women's Day 2022 is the Assistant Deputy Minister for Europe, Arctic, Middle East, Maghreb in Canada, Sandra McArdle, who was formerly the High Commissioner of Canada to South Africa, Madagascar, Mauritius, Lesotho, and Namibia. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Great to see you again. Great to reconnect with South Africa. I must say I I miss Mzanzi terribly. Um, And in fact, I forgot to mention that um, in my own home department of Global Affairs Canada, I've uh, actually also been named the champion for women in our department. So um, one of my roles here is to make sure to advance or to support women advancing their careers in in foreign affairs and in government. So uh, fantastic opportunity to be talking to you for International Women's Day. Well, thanks for sharing the extension of your portfolio. The current theme for this year's International Women's Day is gender equality today for a sustainable tomorrow. Can you share with us what your views are around this year's theme? Look, I think um, there, every year uh, there is a fantastic way for us to be able to uh, share together how to advance uh, women in the world. This year, uh, Sustainable Tomorrow, a fantastic way of describing uh, what the future means for us, for 50% of the population. Uh, you know, I know that there's a lot of work, um, you know, going into this around climate change, for example. I think given uh, how directly climate affects women, you know, many countries uh, certainly women are, are, are broadly responsible for ensuring there's, a, there's food on the table every day. Uh, some of them working in agriculture, uh, certainly very attuned to the climate, makes great sense. Um, but there is, quite frankly, nothing that we can do in the Sustainable Development Goals that doesn't include half the world's population. Uh, we need to be there. Our needs need to be understood. We need to have a voice at the table, and we need to be um, among the effectors of change. So uh, I think it's a great place for us to start. Um, you know, look, maybe from my, my government's point of view, uh, we have a feminist foreign policy. We have a feminist international assistance policy as well. Uh, and that's exactly because when we were looking at how we could support development around the world, Canada acknowledged that, that having half the population be part of our work uh, was essential. And since uh, there was, uh, there was ground to be gained, we need to make it the absolute focus of what we do. So our programming uh, around the world is, is focused on, on gender equality, but, but in its largest sense, how we can uh, ensure that women uh, have equality across all, all levels. So um, all to say, very supportive of this theme, um, both personally and in my professional capacity. 
when you were talking about the issue of women putting food on the table, it got me thinking to the view that there are a lot of women who work in the agricultural sector, but the emphasis is they work in the agricultural sector putting the food on the table as opposed to owning the land. And I think that also comes to have a play in issues of sustainability and empowerment of women. Well, that's that's the start of a, of a long process. So so they need to, to own the land. So they have tenure, they have security for their future and for their families. But also what we want to do, I think, is to ensure that women are part of, of that whole business and economic cycle. So you grow the food, you want to be part of uh, selling the food, the profit taking, the reinvesting. I mean, I think what we've seen is that um, economies grow when women are, are fully participating. So, so we want to absolutely make sure that women have that, that tenure. And I know um, that's a, an important issue in, in large parts of, of, of Southern Africa. But we also want to make sure that women are participating in the full range of economic activities. So going beyond that to making sure that as value is added to that, to that food, as, as profit can be taken, that, that women are, are getting their share of that uh, and are able to reinvest it in their businesses and, and to ensure that the policies of their government uh, are supportive of that. So there's a long, a long spectrum that we need to be active in. And, uh, you know, certainly from, from Canada's point of view, we do a lot of work with women-owned businesses uh, for exactly that reason. Um, and it's, it's about advocating for policies that support them, but it's also about creating mentorship and support networks that allow women to succeed with each other. And, and I know there's, there's great work um, being done on that in South Africa, but it's, it's important, I think, that when we talk about food security, that we, we look at the full spectrum of that, food on the table, food in the shop, money in the bank. You've demonstrated the whole value chain, and you've also emphasized, for me, the issue of sustainability. And I think taking into consideration that this is a United Nations construct of International Women's Day, and furthermore, there are the sustainable development goals. Goal five of the, the UN's SDGs is specifically about gender equality. For the benefit of our listeners, I'm just going to highlight some of those targets. So one, end all forms of discrimination against all women and girls everywhere. Two, eliminate all forms of violence against all women and girls in the public and private sphere. Three, recognize and value unpaid care and domestic work through the provision of public service, infrastructure, social protection policies. And a fourth one is ensuring women's full and effective participation and equal opportunities for leadership at all levels of decision-making in political, economic, and public life. From your perspective, what types of actions can individuals take to help achieve some of these targets for the benefit of all women? There's a lot there, uh, and there's a lot of work to be done on all of them. I would say, look, I think one of the strengths of women is their ability to, to identify an issue and to work cooperatively to address it uh, and to be determined in, in attaining their goal. And I would add probably on to that, uh, you know, multitasking and, and doing many things at once. And I think with these, these elements of Article 5 you've mentioned, in, so, in a lot of ways, we need to tackle them all at once. Um, I would say that what women need to do first and foremost is, is advocate for, for what their rights are and what their needs are. They need to work together to do that. They need to make themselves heard. And a great way of doing that is, is getting it to decision-making tables 
Some of those may be government, some of those may be in business, but we need to make sure all of us uh, that we are part of the processes that are establishing the policies by which we live. And I, I think that's something we've really had to catch up on women across the world um, for a long time. You know, one of the things on all of them, I think that is, you know, that's quite shocking is, is violence against women. Um, I think we really also, as, you know, women, as mothers and sisters, uh, you know, we need to do our part in, in educating within our own family uh, respect for women um, you know, every man has a has a mother. Um, and so some of these things can begin at home. Um, they don't have to all be out there. Uh, you know, if, if it if if it isn't in your personality to want to go to be out publicly advocating for these things, do your part within your home, raise your sons to, to respect women and uh, and we'll go a long ways with that. So it's uh, there's a lot that can be done, um, but it all begins with our own commitment to ourselves and to each other. Great points. As this is International Women's Day and we're having a showcase of international women from around the world, please can you share with us a couple of trailblazers that stand out for you from a Canadian perspective? Well, I'm happy to say there is there's quite a few, um, and uh, and actually we're we're still blazing trails. Um, there's always uh, there's always uh, more that we can do in my in my own department. Um, you know, I just did an event yesterday for International Women's Day celebrating my, my boss, who is the first deputy foreign minister woman in Canada. So look, there's always glass ceilings um, that we can break. But I mean, I think kind of looking back, I touch on one that I think is really that anchor of women's ability to affect public policy. Uh, and then another one that I think will resonate, particularly for, for your audience in, in Africa. Uh, so the, the one I would sort of in my mind that really sort of started us on the right road, uh, her name was Agnes McPhail. And she was our first woman um, member of parliament. Uh, and that was in 1921. And so, uh, you know, that was not long after women got the vote. Uh, and that was a hard road for us, for Canadians, um, as it has been for women elsewhere. But look, you know, you need to be able to be part of government in order to put in place, you know, the, the laws, the regulations, the women-friendly supportive policies. You need to be the voice at the table to have what women need considered in public policy. So I'll put Agnes on there. The other one um, is is actually a, a particularly uh, is a proud one uh, for me, uh, and that's uh, Viola Desmond. And uh, Viola Desmond was uh, a Canadian of uh, of African origin, um, and in 1946, she refused to give up her seat in the theater. Uh, in an area that was designated for whites. Uh, segregation wasn't uh, an official policy in Canada, but I'm embarrassed and ashamed to say that there were locations where, where racial groups were, were separated. She did not give up her seat and was arrested for it. Um, her work uh, in establishing not only um, the strong voice for women, but that question of, of intersectionality of race and women uh, was uh, recognized very recently, about two years ago, uh, when she became the face of our $10 bill. Uh, so now um, she was uh, put on there, uh, her, her trail blazing was celebrated. And so now every time you go into a shop, uh, pay for something with your $10 bill, you have a moment to remember her particular courage on behalf of women on, and on behalf of black women in Canada. Those are great mentions. I mean, but the first one that you mentioned, Agnes, I, 1921, we're talking 101 years ago. And it just keeps shocking me the fact that 
these things keep taking time, that we have to go through the cycle of a century to get progress. But if it wasn't for their sacrifices, we wouldn't be in the positions we're in today. Absolutely not. I mean, I have benefited by all of those who've walked the roads ahead of us. Uh, and there are, uh, there are so many ways that we, we need to, to put women in, in the forefront. Um, you know, it is, I'm sure you saw that, that photo uh, very recently at the Munich Security Conference, a table of CEOs, uh, not a single woman, not a single person of color uh, at this extraordinarily large table of, of, you know, these sort of leaders of industry. That's absurd. In 2022, it's just it's just unacceptable. Uh, and so, look, I would say that uh, we all need to push each other forward uh, and to find examples like that to motivate us, uh, to put us in the, the boardrooms, uh, the parliaments, any any area where decisions are taking, so that that you know we our voice is there and and that what we, that what women need uh, is taken into account. And lastly, as we close out our call today in celebration of International Women's Day, can you use this platform to convey a message to women and girls that are listening to the show? Well, I have to say you've gotten me very excited about pushing women forward to demand their rights. I'm going to go in that direction. There's all kinds of really inspirational things I thought I could have said. But look, I think uh, maybe the first thing I'll, I'll do is is, is calling women to believe in themselves. Um, first, you know, I think there's something um, uh, about uh, uh, in our character that, that, that can make us doubt ourselves a little bit more. I think that there's somebody else who's better placed to take on an issue or, or tackle a problem. You know, I will always say it starts with believing in yourself, uh, in your voice, and in your right to be heard. Um, the second thing maybe I'll say is, uh, wow, we got to help each other. Um, this really is a sisterhood. And uh, we, as you were just saying, we got to where we are because others went before us. This is really about, you know, a lift up to those who, who those who need it. It's a, it's a hand to those who need to be pulled forward and, and upward. Um, and so we really need to help our, help ourselves and support each other. Um, the other thing that I can't, I would be remiss, I just can't miss the opportunity is, is, uh, is the education. Um, you know, to be able to, to affect change, uh, you, you need to have um, the tools to do it. And education is, is just the foundation of your ability to engage intelligently and effectively in the world. Um, and it is the key as well to maybe my last point, which is economic independence. Uh, you know, some of those things we were talking about, whether it's violence against women or, or, or you know, the ability to work uh, when you have children to care for, you know, there's a lot that's around it that's about, uh, that's about having financial independence. And so, look, Believe in yourself, go forward, help your sisters, use your brain, fill your pocketbook. What a great message. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure having you on the show again and um, wishing you all the best of luck in your new venture and happy Women's Day. A very happy International Women's Day to you too. Uh, it's, a, it's such a pleasure uh, to reconnect to, to friends and to sisters in South Africa. Um, can I say I really miss you all. Take care. All the best. Thank you. That was the Assistant Deputy Minister for Europe, Arctic, Middle East, Mahrab in Canada, Sandra McArdle.